Our scripture this morning comes from the final chapter in Acts, chapter 28, in the final two verses, verse 30 and 31. You can find it on page 1115 in your pew Bible. Again, that's Acts chapter 28, verse 30 and 31. And if you are visiting with us, new with us, you don't have a Bible with you, there's a black one there in the pew in front of you. I encourage you to grab it, to use it. Um, And if you don't own one, to take it home with you. You are not stealing from church. It's a ministry of this church that we want you to have a Bible uh, because we believe in the power of the word of God. So, Luke writes, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Here ends the reading of the word of God. Let us go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, that was an abrupt ending. And just like that, Acts is over, right? And some of you, I know some of you are sitting there wondering, Pastor Nathan, couldn't we have done these two verses with everything we did last week? And we would be done and moved on by now? I mean, this ending to Acts is so abrupt and unexpected. We were really looking for the climax. It seemed like we were building up to Paul getting to preach before Emperor Nero. And that even beyond that, we were going to see Paul executed and die and see what happens to the church after Paul. It it seemed that that is where we were going. And then to simply be left with these two verses that he just lived there two whole years in his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And? I mean, we're, it's, it's like a TV series that ends and leaves you wanting more, and you're saying, well, what actually happens next? We actually know what happens to Paul next. We know that he will be executed. He will be martyred for his faith. But for Luke, who's writing this, that doesn't matter. What happens to Paul is inconsequential to the overall message of the book that he's been trying to get across. See, Acts begins with Jesus telling the apostles before he ascends into heaven, the last thing he tells them is to go and be his witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this book, it ends at Rome. Rome's not the end of the earth. Rather, Rome is the center of the world at this time. Not only do all roads lead to Rome, but all roads lead from Rome. And from there, all of the corners of the world will begin to be reached with the gospel. So as we have reached this ending now, I believe there's three things in the totality of the book of Acts we have learned over these 11 months. Three important lessons. The first lesson we learned is that the mission of the church is the message of the gospel. 
It's not a program. It's not a a kid's activity. It's not a program for young adults to get together. It's not an evangelism program. It's none of that. It's not getting together with our favorite casseroles, although don't get me, that is not wrong. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. It's just not the mission of the church. See, behind me up here on the stage are boxes that you have faithfully gone out and purchased for kids across the world to receive these items. But they don't merely receive the items in a box. Rather, they also come with the gospel message included in them because that is the mission of the church. Not that kids around the world will get nice things from us, but that they will hear of the saving message of Jesus the Christ. See, the book begins, Acts begins in chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. This is what Luke writes. He says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And then here the book ends with these words that he lived there two whole years at his own expense, welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching all about the Lord Jesus Christ with boldness and without hindrance. It begins and ends with the same, the message of the gospel, that Jesus died and was resurrected, that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the prophecy found in the Old Testament and the teaching of the kingdom of God. And throughout it, the book, the apostles, the believers spoke boldly. Under the very beginning in chapter 4, I believe it was that Peter and John had gone before the Sanhedrin and they were told once again, if you keep preaching about the resurrection of Jesus, we're going to have to do something seriously hurtful to your bodies. And Peter and John replied, do what you may and we'll comply with what you say as long as it doesn't interfere with what God has told us to do. And when they return back to the fellow Christians, they gather around and they immediately pray for boldness. They pray to be bold. That they would not let the fear of persecution, of losing their lives, interfere with their singular mission to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from their doorsteps to the ends of the world. They prayed for boldness carry out the mission of the church. Do you? We also learned through this wonderful book of Acts that the most important story is the gospel story. For This isn't a book of the biography of Peter. It's not meant to be a biography of Paul, although, yes, we learn a lot about Peter and we learn a lot about Paul. And it's not even a a biography or a lesson to learn about the early church. Rather, Acts is the story of how Christ reached the world with his word. 
It's how Christ reached the world with his word. It's not about the who's. It's not about the people. It's about the gospel. It's about the gospel and how it continues to reach people. You see, we don't learn about Paul's death or what he had to say to Nero because this isn't about Paul. And it's also not about us. It's about the word of God reaching and always living. For generations have come before us and generations will continue after us. And the story will be the same, that the gospel continues to live. And then we also learn that the gospel, the true gospel, not the prosperity gospel, not the gospel of convenience, not the gospel of self-help, but the true gospel of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection for the salvation of our souls will be threatened, but it will never be silenced. The gospel continues through all sorts of persecution. And in fact, we read in Acts 6, verse 7, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. In Acts 9, verse 31, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. In Acts 12, verse 24, we see that, but the word of God increased and multiplied. In Acts 16, verse 5, it's written, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers Daily. And then in Acts 19, verse 20, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. All throughout Acts, we saw setback after setback after setback. We saw persecution come, we saw the threat of violence, we saw actual violence and death come upon real believers. We saw doors closed in their faces, and yet none of these roadblocks, none of them ever stopped the gospel. Not only did they not stop the gospel, but it increased, it multiplied. See, the kingdom math with the gospel and it spreading from me to you and you to another is not one plus one, but it is exponential multiplication going to the ends of the world. For the good news is so good that we don't just tell one person about it. No, like the woman at the well, the good news of Jesus coming to save us from our sins is so good, we will go and shout it in the town square for all to hear. For you see, the final words in the whole book give the clue without hindrance. Without hindrance. 
The gospel is unhindered. Even though Paul is in prison, the gospel isn't. The gospel's on the loose and it is alive and well. And so we live in a time now where many of us are fearful of the changing culture around us. The United States isn't the country that fears God as it once used to be. We don't perceive the same morality in our government and in public figures as we once hoped and expected as a country. It doesn't hold on to the same values we believe that the Bible espouses for us. And so it brings us great fear and anxiety of what's changing around. But our hope isn't in the government or the powers and principalities of this world. No, for we know through God's word, we've seen in Acts, that in every instance of persecution, of real persecution against those who believe in Jesus Christ, the word increases. The numbers are multiplied because the gospel of Jesus Christ is without hindrance from now until all eternity. For you see, throughout Acts, we see the gospel thriving. And we know, we see that the word of God alone is sufficient to do the work of God. Amen? Amen. Amen.